Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. My name is Jonathan South, and I am the pastoral intern here at Daniel Island Fellowship, and I've had the honor and opportunity to do that for the last school year, and it's been a, a real blessing for my wife and our family, um, as y'all have poured into us, and I just want to thank you for that and, uh, and get started with this sermon. So let's say a quick word of prayer, if you'll join me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our many blessings. And for this beautiful day and the opportunity to worship you freely, as I bring the word to your people, please overcome my frailties and my inadequacies so that you are revealed in all of your majesty and glory. We also remember and pray for the fallen service members and their families who made the ultimate sacrifice for this great nation so that we may enjoy the liberties and freedoms that we so often take for granted. Lord, we know that all things in this life are fleeting except for you. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the God endures forever. Amen. Okay, so I've called this sermon All In With God's Plan. And uh, sometimes uh, you're all in with God, but you can't understand his timing. Um, you're, you're doing everything that you think that you can, and uh, it just doesn't work out. So I want to ask you a quick question. Have any of you ever felt like you couldn't understand God's timing? Um, I, I know I have. There's been plenty of unanswered prayers that were the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And so that's something I want you all to think about. I want to tell you guys a little bit about me and a little bit about my story. Um, married to my high school sweetheart. Some of you already know that. We met in high school, obviously. And um, somehow she's tolerated me. I married up, clearly. And um, we started college. I started one year before she did. Now, we both would, were going to graduate in 2004. And um, that's because I took five years. I was working full-time and going to school full-time. And uh, we were going to get married in September, right after graduation. And uh, so I walked at my graduation. I was a poli-sci major. And uh, then because of a family tragedy, I had to withdraw from the very last class that I was enrolled in. So I had three credits left. I, had, I technically graduated. I walked, but I didn't get a diploma because I hit pause. I had to withdraw. And uh, I couldn't, as we were ramping up to our wedding, tell my wife, hey, uh, by the way, I didn't actually get that class done. So 
uh, you know, just wanted to tell you, you know, as we're about to embark on this life together, I didn't do that. Instead, I said, well, I'll, I can finagle this. I can make this work. You know, I can just take a class over the summer or maybe in the next uh, fall and just get it done. And she would never even know about it. That's kind of ridiculous, even now saying it aloud. Um, so I didn't even tell her about this for the first almost year of our marriage until uh, it just was eating me alive. It was my private, personal shame, a, you know, a prison of my own making about something that was totally ridiculous. <laughs> um, so when I came to Allison, like sobbing and in tears and trying to explain what had happened, she thought I had like committed some unforgivable sin. You know, maybe I'd done something terrible that she couldn't ever forgive me for. And when she found out it was just one stupid class, she just started laughing. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you torturing yourself? Cut to um, about 12 years later. So I was supposed to graduate in 04. It's the early part of 2016, and um, I've been feeling a stirring um, in my heart. And uh, the problem was I was feeling called to ministry and really feeling called to seminary um, through a lot of discernment uh, with friends and pastors and people like that that confirmed this calling. But I couldn't uh, bring myself to even tell them that, yeah, I know I want to start seminary in the fall, but I've got this class I've got to overcome. I, I just couldn't bear it. It was my shame that I, I, couldn't, I couldn't bear it. So I wonder, as I'm telling the rest of this story, I want you all to consider, what about you? Is there some secret shame that's keeping you back from the plans that God has for you? My guess is that there probably is. And it may never be anything that's seen the light of day. But uh, you're just torturing yourself with that. So I didn't finish the undergrad, but I was feeling um, called to, to, to seminary and to ministry. And I knew that's what I was supposed to do. So I called up my alma mater and I said, hey, I know it's been 12 years. I only need these three hours. How about, you know, can we work this out? And the registrar kind of like paused, a really long pause, and he kind of laughed a little. He's like, well, we've changed the undergraduate program a lot, so you'd actually have to take three semesters to make this work out. So, you know, I'm sorry you have plans for like this fall, but like you've got new plans. And so I wasn't expecting to hear that, and I also felt crushed. I was like, ah, God, why would you put this on my heart if there's no way to fulfill this dream. And that's the other part of this, is God will never put anything on your heart that he won't provide a way to, you know, for that to come to fruition. So if you have a dream or something in your heart, it's probably not from you. It's probably from God. But if you think it's insurmountable or unconquerable, that's just not true because he will carry you through. So I called up the registrar. They laughed at me. He's like, well, you'll never get this approved. You could call the... Uh, your, your department, but they're just not going to approve it. We've never done anything like this. And uh, so I lamented, and I also want to say lamenting is totally normal. That's very human. Most of, uh, of, of us lament at one time or another. I called the department chair of the political science department at Kennesaw State, and I said, here's my story, dude. I don't know <laughs> what you can do for me, and, uh, but I'm going to lay it out for you and just be at your mercy. <clears throat> and I told him what happened. And he paused for a while, and he said, you know what? Don't worry about it. Congratulations. Enroll this uh, summer for an online class. You're going to graduate. So what went from three, year, three semesters, a year and a half of my life, went down to a month-long class in the summer. 
So what I had tortured myself with for years of just like kind of the shame of not finishing, um, it was like instantly washed away. And it's because I was responding to what God had placed in my heart. I didn't know how, when I called that registrar in the department chair, how they would respond. And especially after I talked to the registrar, I assumed it wasn't going anywhere. But uh, that's the thing. God moves in ways that you can't see. Um, He placed on that department chair's heart to give me a pass, to have some grace. And, uh, And that sent me down the path that I'm in. So in the text, what we just heard, Jesus is speaking about um, what it is really like to be in community with him. You got to imagine, as he's saying these words, they've just been in the upper room, and they, uh, they know what's coming. They know that he's about to face the passion. And he takes time to pause, and uh, some scholars suggest that as they walked from the upper room to the, uh, to the garden, um, that they passed a vineyard, and that would have been pretty understandable. There were vineyards all over the place. For all the Old Testament nerds in the room, a vineyard is, is a symbol for it, the nation of Israel. So there's a lot of symbolism in what Jesus is saying. Not only you know, does this apply to the disciples, it applies to everybody, and it applies to us. So think about that. As he's going to his death, he's saying, you can't do anything without me. Apart from me, you're nothing. And that's true. Like Apart from Jesus, when I couldn't face my demon or my shame, it was not... <laughs> that had nothing to do with God. That was my response to, to my situation and not trusting in God. What if like 12 years ago, I'd had faith enough to call and say, hey, there's this weird situation because of this family thing. You know, that could have, all that suffering could have been, uh, could have been lost. So I told you that story because uh, I'm driving somewhere with it. Um, it was in 2016, I really heard this calling. So um, I've been in seminary for the last three years. Last weekend was graduation. And um, I know, (laughs) thank you. I know there's, uh, (laughs) I know there's a lot of commencement addresses happening. Everyone's in that season right now. Um, Our commencement speaker made a good point. It resonated with me. It was that I'm going to give an address that's different. Every other commencement, the speaker's going to say, good job, you did it. You can do anything on your own. That's not true. That's a bold-faced lie. You can't do anything on your own. And uh, that's what he told us, and he's right. Um, the, the journey that I've been on couldn't have happened if I hadn't been uh, abiding in what Jesus had placed on my heart. So we cut to 2016. I'm still not done with school. I'm here trying to answer this calling. I don't understand everything that's going into it but I know I need to respond. It's overwhelming. Like there's no doubt in my mind. So where I saw like a mountain, he paved a highway. So I was on my way to seminary. And uh, it's interesting as you go, the, the language about the vineyard, don't forget that we are all tied to that vine. We are all little parts of that if we're abiding in Jesus. So it was the other members of the vine and friends that came along that welcomed me in um, and, and provided counsel for me. So as I was headed to seminary, my buddy, who was a major counselor to me, said, you're about to do Hebrew 1. You're like going to dive into the deep end with this stuff. And you don't have anybody to travel with. You don't have any running mates. You know, I had the benefit of other people that were traveling with me. 
how are you going to do it? Why are you worried about it? And I responded immediately without even hesitating. No, I'm not worried about this at all. Uh, I didn't know you six months ago, and I had this other stuff going on. You know, God will send a friend to me. Uh, so it's Hebrew 1. We go in for the first day. I set my bag down, grab coffee, and come back. And there's this scruffy-looking dude sitting there. And I'm like, oh, hey, where are you from? We get to do the, the chit-chat. And we determine that we live 10 minutes from each other. That individual was Kenneth, you know, the guy who was up here playing drums and who preaches occasionally and, and uh, nerds out with me. We even call each other Hebrews. Uh, I know that's lame. I get it. But uh, there's uh, also no other person in the last three years I've probably spent more time with. Um, getting down to Jacksonville and back and doing class, it's crazy. And uh, the thing is, I knew God would send that friend. I didn't know how that would happen. I didn't know how that would pan out. But I knew he would send somebody along the way. Think about it. If I hadn't had Kenneth show up and we weren't rallying for each other and supporting each other and pouring into each other, we both could have fizzled out. Um, seminary is crazy for y'all that don't know. It, it is an intense, and it should be. It's in a very intense process. Um, what I've just completed with the Masters of Divinity is it's ridiculous. It doesn't, I read these statistics and I don't think it's right, but it could be. A thousand hours of lecture, that's probably right. 25,000 pages of reading. I didn't think that was right, but my wife tells me it probably is. <laughs> it's constantly buried in my books. Um, and I've probably written over 1,000 pages in that time. So that's a crazy race uh, that's a marathon that I couldn't have done on my own. It took me 12 years to wrap up my undergraduate. I'm wrapping up that Masters of Divinity in three years. It normally takes four and a half or five years. And that's not of my own volition. That has nothing to do with me. I'm actually, uh, have been at times a, uh, <laughs> a uh, unwilling participant, <laughs> kind of along on the ride. Um, and that's okay. I, my, what I kept coming back to is that Jesus will provide a way. Where I can't see a way, he makes a way. Um, so it's, it's uh, the success of the degree is, is nothing to do with me. <laughs> and I just want to suggest that in all that we do, we're just a small fraction of it. It really has to do with God and his bigger plan for us. Think about it. We're not the great chess master that God is. He's 20 moves ahead, and he's working in like cyclical time. <laughs> I can't I think, you know, till the end of the day. So if there's times in your life where you're wondering, where are you, God? Like, what is the deal? You placed this on my heart. Why, why can't we get through this? Don't be so hard on yourself. Maybe it's that the timing is not right. That's the thing. I'm impatient. As soon as I got this calling, I'm like, yes, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to check these boxes. I'm ready for the ministry, Lord. <laughs> That's not how he works. He's more like, pump the brakes, dude. Let's slow down because you got some readying to do. There's some prep work that needs to go into this. So don't lose hope if you've got something placed on your heart. And also, if you've got a hidden shame, Recognize probably everybody in this room does too. Uh, so I just want y'all to think about that. The main thing I want y'all to take away is even when you're hopeless and you can't see a way, God makes a way. And he does it in a big, big way. Um, if you'd asked me three years ago, <laughs> would you know Hebrew and Greek and have done all this? I would have been like, what are you talking about? Like, that's ridiculous. I can't do that. And that's right. I can't do it. But God did it. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for these many blessings that you've bestowed upon us, and we just thank you for the freedoms that we have because of the people that paid the ultimate sacrifice. It's my solemn prayer, Lord, that everyone in this room remembers that they need to abide in you. Nine times you've told your disciples that in that passage. Nine times you said to dwell, to remain, or stay with you, and you'll be faithful in return. So I pray that all of us stay faithful, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.